Welcome to The Working Therapist, a podcast designed to help you grow in your therapy practice. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. Now here are your hosts, Hayden Bolick and Kirsty Miles. Thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited about my guest today. It's Hunter Berman, and she's a speech therapist who has worked in the schools for years and years. Welcome, Hunter. Hello. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited about the podcast we're recording because it's very functional and practical, and I like functional and practical. Like I, I, I love good ideas if I can actually put them into practice, and so I like to talk to people like you who have been working you know, in the schools as a speech-language pathologist for how many years now, would you say? Oh, gosh. I think 11. 11. Okay, so a while. Uh, but before that... No, actually 15. 15. Okay, but who's counting? Because like in my head, I think I'm about 24. Now, in reality, I'm not. <laughs> Don't you feel like in your head you're somewhere between 22, 23, 24, 25-ish? Yeah. So it's hard to sometimes judge how many years you're actually doing it. But Hunter has the years to back up some of her ideas. So I asked her if she'd be a guest today because I would like to talk about some tips and tricks for successful scheduling for the speech therapist in the schools. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm excited because Hunter knows a lot of these since you've done many, many, many school schedules for many, many, many years in a wide variety of settings and situations. I feel like you've going to have some good tricks for us. Well, I hope so. Yeah. And I've worked in a lot of different districts and a lot of different schools. So it kind of gives you different perspectives of each, you know, county and teachers. So it's yep. a lot to work through. I know at the beginning of the year, it's really hard to kind of figure out it is, where right? all the kids are going to go and, and how to make it smooth and make sure that all the teachers are happy. And caseload, you know, I think it goes without saying is already going to be big. So we could just assume a large caseload of kids who need a lot of stuff and the res you've got the responsibility of doing that, but then you also have to fit these kids and what they need into a regular school day schedule. And that's like a game of, I don't know, Tetris, is that the right word? Or <laughs> I think Tetris would be a great description. <laughs> that's yes. Right. That's right. So, and I know it's a struggle. So it is a struggle. So Hunter, help us get started with this. Tell us, you know, maybe one of your favorite tips for scheduling. What's worked for you? Uh, well, first, when I look at my caseload, I try to figure out like which schools I'm going to if I have more than one school. So once I find out what school I'm at every day, then I usually hit the oldest children first. So I go to their team and kind of say, you know, hey, you know, I realize your schedule is pretty, you know, packed. Mm -hmm. And so what time works best for you? Because the kids have more demands on their schedule. But I think this is an interesting tip. And here's why I think this, because a lot of times the younger kids are the one that takes up the bulk of the caseload, not the older kids. Do you find that sometimes to be true? Right, right. Sometimes a lot of people start with the schedule and think numbers first, like, oh my gosh, I've got like 20, first graders, I got a schedule, but they have potentially more options in their day versus your older people, like what you're saying, who have fewer, even though there are fewer kids, if you start with them first, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Right. And there's such a rapid pace of, you know, in, in the classroom, that's really hard for the teachers to review things if they're out of the class for a few minutes. Right. But at the younger levels, they're able to find more time to, you know, provide them with the information that they might've missed during the class time. Well, so, yeah. And I think that's good too, because sometimes also the older kids are in tons of different places in the school, right? Maybe, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so they can also get to and from speech by themselves. They don't really usually, unless the school has a policy for you walking with them, but a lot of times they can walk themselves. Yeah. So and that really helps out too. Yeah. Yeah. So then if you get them in, cause you can't really schedule them during their academics or usually during their specials or during lunch. So your times of when you can get them are pretty limited, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So it's important to get those done first. Yeah. So you I, can figure out. 
That's a really good tip. That's a really, really good tip. And also sometimes for the older kids, I've noticed sometimes like the teachers, you know, there's a lot of demands on those teachers also. They've mm -hmm. got like, there's so many things they got to get in. So if you go to the teacher, like, so you get first choice or all this, then you're kind of making an immediate friend versus yeah. you got two slots, pick it. <laughs> They don't like that very much. <laughs> right. You no. got the whole day, girl. Just choose whatever you choose. time you need. You're my, so, yeah. you're, you're my favorite teacher of this whole school. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next that one is too. <laughs> but hey, you know what? You got to make friends because if you're not nice, they'll lock your door when they see you coming. <laughs> they'll be like, oh, yeah. let's stay out. We don't want you. We don't want that speech yeah. therapist Hunter coming up in here. That's right. And they'll make scheduling IP meetings very difficult. Yes, you got to well, deal with yeah. these people. Yeah, you got to be nice right at the get-go. It's very, it's an it's a political networking sort of situation. But <laughs> I think it's a really, <laughs> look, people who live in this, the world we've lived in before with the schools and stuff, and you have more experience in the schools than I have. But you're right. You have to think about that because they, yeah. they will make scheduling IEPs really hard on you. Yes, they will. Yes, it's bad, bad day, really bad year. No number of muffins that you bring or cookies you bring sometimes <laughs> will help that situation because I've tried that too after I screwed the schedule up royally anyway they don't yeah. appreciate it so I think that's a great tip so not necessarily starting with your bulk of numbers but the kids who have the most difficult schedule yeah second good tip is I would also um, get with the uh, other EC teachers hmm. because you know you have to also work with the other academic supports and the other therapies that they're getting so um, that's always been like my next go-to so oldest kid first and then kids who have other things second right yeah because once you get to the um once you start scheduling those oldest kids first a lot of times what you'll find is that whoever gets to that grade first mm -hmm. gets these great times mm -hmm. and then the next academic support tries to come in and then all of a sudden somebody doesn't have a time so after i get my time slots i'll go with ec and make sure that everybody's schedules kosher because you know you have to work as a team and you got to make sure everybody's looking out for each other i've been in a situation before i like with a reading specialist you know she's like i've got to get my like, look i'll trade you your two o'clock for your 1 30 if you like you know like i've i've um i don't know if that makes sense in your world with what you're talking about but I've gotten yeah. I've gone with some people like look you got to give me the two o'clock I got nothing else like you got to do it you know <laughs> um like could you please I mean or do you have to do the hard reading stuff do the hard reading stuff first so I can get the thing second or whatever <laughs> I can get yeah but no I think that's good because I had made the mistake of already having the schedule full so then I was at a desperate point because they had all this other stuff you know yeah. And sometimes they'll double book a kid for two services at the exact same time. So you have to make sure mm -hmm. that, you know, that you've got your kid for your schedule time and that they're not getting scheduled for another service at that time as well. Like, what do you mean? Like a Give teacher might example. say, oh, nine o'clock works great. And then five seconds later, the another EC teacher comes in and they'll go, oh, nine o'clock works great. And then suddenly both of y'all show up on Monday at nine o'clock for the same kid. So you get with your EC teacher first. And I'm saying, I'm pulling the kids at this time just to mm -hmm. let you know, this is my schedule. And then if they have a conflict, then you can meet together with the teacher as a team and say, okay, look, Mm -hmm. We have one more service that has to happen. You've got, you know, we've got to find another time during this day where that's going to work. And then she can kind of figure out at that point, yeah. you know, yeah. which one needs to be in the morning and which one needs to be in the afternoon and that kind of stuff. I find that going to the EC teachers first, like you say, is the, is the way to go versus a lot of times the kids that have the extra services, they, you got the EC teacher speech, then you've also mm -hmm. got like PT and OT, but I usually find going to the EC teacher first, like what you say is key first and then PT or OT second. Oh yeah. Or and you're going to have to meet with them anyway to discuss the goals. So it's mm -hmm. kind of good just to get that scheduling thing. Oh, 
I'm seeing him at nine, and this is what we're working on. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's kind of good. That's good, Hunter. Yeah, I like that. That's good collaboration and all that kind of stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. So how about step number three? I like to see like most of the grades kind of around the same time so that I'm not running from one end of the school to another end of the school all day long. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to see like my third graders, I kind of like to see them back to back so that I'm not wasting valuable time in the hallway searching for different grades or kids, et cetera. So I do like to see if I can try to kind of schedule the grade levels together, or at least kids that are on the, the same hall together. So that as I'm dropping off one group, I can get another group and not waste a lot of time searching for the different grades. Do you find that because like third grade, you know, take your third grade example, like third grade, they can't all go to art at the same time or they can't right. all have recess. So you can kind of rotate through some of those things in a way that it kind of makes sense with the schedule. Yeah. And I think it's important, like at the beginning of the year to meet with the grade, each, you know, each team, like the third grade team and say, Hey, you know, what are some times we're looking at? So you can see their schedules too, and make sure that you're, you know, seeing the children in good time slots together. So Hunter, when you schedule the kids, like, uh, like you said, the third grade hall together, second grade, first grade, or as it makes sense, right? Do mm -hmm. you find that you have problems like with co-mixing kids in a group? Like, so for example, mixing like kids in groups that shouldn't be coordinated because their goals aren't the same. Like, do you find that to be difficult or not so much? Usually not so much. Usually they're all going to interact together. They're all going to play together. And then you're all going to be able, you're going to be able to hit all of the goals. So for example, if you've got a child like who's working on S and another one that's working on T and somebody else is working on... I don't know, R, you know, you do, you third grade working on R for sure. Anyway, you could get those R tick kids together that are third grade on the same hall. And then your language group would be in the next group potentially, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that ideally would work. Sometimes that's <laughs> not, is, sometimes that doesn't right. happen, but yeah. ideally that's, that's what works. Yeah. So if you can group them by their goals, that's awesome. You know, awesome and amazing right but but you're right I think it just then comes down to creativity and that's a whole nother podcast another day about ideas that's a great podcast right Hunter you can come back and do one of those when your group has intermixed goals you know okay but that's another podcast let's just focus on tips and tricks for the for the speech therapist for scheduling so schedule kids together in the same grade in the same hallway it, because it just makes the logistics of the day and working that out better and scheduling your specials is easier basically did I just summarize yes. correctly yep that is correct. Okay. Yes. So now I think the next step is that a lot of times, you know, these, it sounds great. You go to them, they're going to give mm -hmm. you a time. You're going to pick the kid up and you know, you're going to all keep them on the same hall and they're all going to have some similar goals and life's grand. But I think everybody has it. There's, you know, there's always going to be a couple of kids and the schedule just doesn't work, you know, and you go to the teacher and you're like, can I have some times? And she's like, no. There's not a time here. I got nothing for you. They're leaving for this support group. And then they've got that therapy. And then there's no way you can take my kid out of the class because they have to be, they need to be in the class as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So I think at that time, you really have to just be flexible and kind of think outside of the box. And, you know, that's when you have to sit with a teacher and say, all right, what's dismissal look like? What we, you know, what can we do for dismissal time? Mm -hmm. Or, um, mm -hmm. you know, one time I had a kid and he was like, all day long, he was back, 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 back with, you know, just, he was either getting pulled out or he, he really needed to stay in that classroom. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the teacher and I were just trying to think of anything that would work. And she said, you know, you can take him out of lunch, like five minutes early. He's a fast eater. You, if, 
he can pack his stuff up. He can throw his stuff away and run to your room. And that's exactly what happened. And all he really missed was the hand washing and the toileting and then getting back to the class and taking all their belongings out for their next class. So it was a really good transition that was time smart. that he could come. Yeah. So if you can think of some transition times, then a lot of times those are those are times that you normally wouldn't think of, mm -hmm. but together you're like, Hey, that that's 30 minutes. We got that one. So, mm -hmm. you know, having that kind of relationship with the teacher and problem solving with each other is, you know, it can be very useful to really get everybody to make sure everybody's in the class as much as possible, but they also get the speech that they definitely need as well. I think that's an excellent tip because that's really probably tip number four. I think if we're up to tip number four, yes, but I think that'd be so, number four, number four, but I think that's excellent. That's just like a hundred percent problem solving. Right. And that's also just really good team work. That's a team that sort of worked together well. And because I've got a similar story that sometimes if I couldn't get them any other time of the day, then I would say like, like go back to what you said about dismissal, like, all right, so like what's dismissal look like? So they just right, bring all your stuff with you. And I was listening out for the bus and they left me and went straight to the bus because I couldn't, yeah. there was nothing else we could do. So it was kind of like the tip number four is like the nooks and cranny solution. Like where yeah. are the nooks and crannies? And let me figure out 30 minutes and get 30 minutes of nooks and crannies in a row. Yeah, speech therapists can get really creative with that whole situation. <laughs> yeah, you got we to. We can find 30 minutes. You can find 30 minutes. Yeah, you can totally find. You got Well, you got to, right? There's no other choice in the matter. And the, you can't miss mm -hmm. math. No. Yeah, no. So <laughs> it kind of needs that. So you're right. Yep, I got it. So now, Hunter, as we start to wrap up some of these ideas, because they're all great. So what would be maybe your last tip? Well, I think one thing that sometimes we overlook, we're so big into getting all the therapy times in. Mm -hmm that we're not um, making sure that we're setting time aside for documentation mm. because that is extremely important. And if we're not setting that time aside, then we don't have time to document, you know? Yeah. And then you're taking that stuff home, work-life oh, balance. Yeah. I don't do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We do 100% when we're here at work, like 150%, right? But so if you don't do you when you're away from work, then you can't come back and give your best here at work. Right, right, right. Yeah. You do have to leave some time for documentation. Do you have any tips with that? Like for my documentation time, I would, um, I kept some of it, some of the times I was scheduling big chunks of time because I knew there was times like I had to make, get my IEPs, write up evals, or if I needed to evaluate a child, I would have like some eval slots on my schedule. There were standing eval slots so I could just put different kids reoccurring because usually you could talk teachers into, hey, I just need them just one time today for like a longer slot, right? You know? Right. But then other times I would do like smaller chunks of documentation what what do you think um when i first started mm -hmm. i was told to schedule to try to have one day mm. set aside with no kids so do back to back what monday wednesday and tuesday thursday and then have that friday it's 100 percent logging and ieps mm. and testing and that was the advice given me when i first started mm -hmm. but that is really hard to do because mm -hmm. Sometimes you need that Friday for different things, you know, sometimes, I mean, you have to see kids on that Friday and it's not, you can't get it all done in four days. Right. So um, what I do now is I have on certain days, I have little tiny chunks and I label that on my schedule. I label every, every time slot I have. And so I'll put like billing or logging on those, on those timeframes. Mm. So if it's 30 or 45 minutes, those are all times that I have set aside for logging. If it's bigger chunks in the day, because that's going to happen because, you know, there's just going to be some days with a couple of hours or like one or one hour or two hours, then I schedule that time for testing and for working on 
ECATS for IEPs. Mm -hmm. And then if I need to make visuals, that's also included in that time. So that's how I have my time set out. And if I don't write it on my calendar, then it's hard for me to be disciplined and to remember to do it. So I like to plug it in so that there's no questions. It's, oh my gosh, I have a half an hour break. And look, it says I'm supposed to be logging now. So otherwise I might say, oh, I need to go chat with somebody. So that keeps me focused. Yeah. You almost have to like in your schedule, like if you've got like Johnny Jones on your schedule at 9am on Monday morning, you're going to see Johnny Jones, the logging thing, like, because it's labeled like that, it's almost, you have to think about it like an appointment with somebody, even though, I mean, like literally like almost like a child's name, you know, that's how I have to do it. I'm the same way as you. When I've scheduled it before, I'm glad you brought that up about the whole day thing. I would find myself really, I would waste time because it wasn't, it was sort of like the whole day. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I've got this time. And then before I knew it, I was like, what have I been doing all day long? I haven't done anything I was supposed to be doing. And so I do better. I'm more disciplined if I do it like you do it and label it on the calendar. Like, I think that's, I think you have to. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think it helps that, you to stay productive. Yes. And you have to almost, you have to treat it like an appointment slot. Yep. Yeah. And because like you wouldn't be jo- late for Johnny Jones at nine o'clock on Monday morning. So you can't be late for logging your thing. No. And if somebody's like, no. oh, can you, hey, can you talk about Johnny at 9 a.m.? No, I'm supposed to be logging instead. No, I'm sorry. I've already got an appointment yeah. for that time yeah. frame. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I think those are fantastic, great five tips for scheduling. I think that is from like an expert in scheduling who's been doing the schools forever. And so these things are like legit work because that's what you do right yeah. now, right? Yeah. It always is smooth every year. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's perfect, right? Every day. Perfect. And, yeah, ne- never a problem. Nope. Yep. And you're skipping down mm-hmm. the halls and singing Kumbaya and it's rainbows yep. and unicorns every day, all day. Every day. Yep. That's what I thought. <laughs> Boom. Drop the mic. All right. <laughs> I appreciate it, Hunter. Thanks for sharing your words of wisdom today. I think this is super helpful. Great reminders for people, but also good tips as well. And so thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Yep. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. For more information or to contact us, visit us online at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.